We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everyone? Pat Mayo here. Before Meanie and I start yucking it up about quarterbacks for fantasy football this season, I want to let you know that myself and Cody Main from EstablishTheRun.com did a full DraftKings breakdown for the Hall of Fame game between Dallas and Pittsburgh over on the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets audio feed. Hit the description, go subscribe to that. You know about the rating and review thing. I'm giving away, it's up to a thousand bucks right now. So if you're going to go subscribe to it and listen to that show, you might as well just rate it the five stars and get into the contest anyway. You'll hear me talk about that in about like 45 seconds. So don't worry about that part of it. But also we did the DraftKings pricing. We talked about preseason strategy, preseason research methods, but also we went over on prizepicks.com and found some soft over-unders right now. So if you haven't signed up for prizepicks.com, do that. Use code MMM for Mayo Media Network, and you'll get a deposit bonus up to $100. So even if you put down $100 on this one and you lose, you'll still have $100 left to go. Uh, You can find the link in the description of this video to go check that out. So I highly recommend that show. And please leave this show and that show the five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Okay? Thanks. Let's get to Meanie. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 quarterback rankings and tiers. We're going to do this from the perspective of a one quarterback league, but we will talk about two QB leagues and super flex once we get down to the very bottom of the quarterback rankings and good second quarterbacks to target. Remember to smash the like button for the video in the comment section. Please, you tell me which lower-ranked quarterback has the best potential to be a top five or top ten quarterback this season on your fantasy team. Remember to subscribe to the Mayo Media Network for all of not only your NFL season-long fantasy football needs, your DraftKings needs, your gambling needs, and all of the other sports that go along with it. Spread the wealth around. Tell the people about Mayo Media Network. And hey, here's some incentive for you too. You want to get into a draw for cash giveaways? 
It was at $500. There's already been so many reviews. It's bumped up to $1,000 of cash giveaways. All you need to do is hit the description or the comment section. You will see the link on Apple Podcasts for the brand new show on Mayo Media Network, Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. If you just leave a five-star Apple review on there, something you enjoy about the show, you can make it up for all I care. You can leave your Twitter handle or email address so I can contact you if you're a winner. It takes around 28 seconds to do, and then you're in that draw to win a share of that $1,000. We get even more reviews. That prize pool is going up, so please hit the description and go do that now. And I need to tell you all about RunTheSims.com. All of the tools that you need, projections, optimizer, game simulations, fully customizable. No one's selling you picks on the site. No one is selling you content on the site. What we are selling is the ability to manipulate these high-end tools any way that you deem fit. So go check out runthesims.com right now. You go to runthesims.com slash mail and you'll get a discount. You can find that down in the description as well. It is the best way to do all of your research. And if you're just in the season-long fantasy football game, don't give a shit about daily fantasy or betting. All the season-long stuff is going to be free all season long. So you just go sign up for a free account at Run The Sims right now, and you can still manipulate the season-long projections and use the advanced stats hub any way that you deem fit. So please go check that out, runthesims.com right now you missed any of the other ranking shows hit the description they're all down there the list the debate shows how we got to settle on these rankings we gotta do quarterbacks right now joining me to break it down from ftnfantasy.com where if you use code meanie you get yourself a discount it's chris meanie what's up <laughs> what's up brother uh it's good to catch up with you even though we were able to catch up last week and i didn't have a chance to ask you about cabot like if you had i'm assuming you had a phenomenal time uh golfing with cuss yes uh if anyone wants to go play the number one and number six rated courses in canada and you have like a full like irish link style uh game under their belt uh, i didn't play well but i thoroughly enjoyed my experience we will have to head up next year sometime maybe we'll have a, a mayo yeah. media network uh, company trip up and i'll shell out the how, 400 bucks around how windy was it it was 35 miles per hour the first day and 40 miles per hour the second day so pretty windy yeah <laughs> it's, I, windy. it's funny i thought i was massively sunburned at one point i did get sunburned but I had yeah. a massive wind burn for like two days. It was ridiculous. I was like, it doesn't feel hot. <laughs> and it was like bright. Like it wasn't like, it didn't look like a sunburn. It was so red. It was like a lobster red. And I just don't get that red. <laughs> it's on my bucket list. So I'm going to check it out now that I'm on the East coast again. It will be something that I'll be doing next year for sure. Super jelly that you got to do that, but thrilled to be able to talk fantasy football quarterbacks with you. We're so close, man, to week one of the NFL season. So let's yeah. do this. If you missed Meanie and I breaking down the DraftKings first look pricing for week one, that's when it all became real to me, Meanie. When the price is yeah. like, oh, we're here. This is happening. Let's yeah. go. Uh, you can go check yeah. that out on Mayo Media Network and on the podcast feed. If you guys would like to walk around and listen to this, go subscribe on Apple Podcasts to the Pat Mayo Experience. Leave the rating and review for that one, too. There's no cash giveaway for it, but if you want to be nice, you can help Meanie and I out <laughs> when you go do that. Tier one of quarterbacks this year so i have a group of five but we can chop this up a little bit patrick mahomes lamar jackson josh allen kyler murray dak prescott that is my top five at running back should they all be on the same tier or are like mahomes and lamar like a little mini tier above them then it's the other three or would you package them all in the same one I think I would package them all in the same one. It's almost like a 1A, 1B. I would honestly have Allen with Mahomes. It's like 1A. And then like a 1B would be Kyler, Lamar, and I think I'm willing to put Dak in there as well, just considering what he did last year, even though 
according to reports, he's dealing with something with his shoulder and he could be sidelined for a few weeks, but I don't think it's significant. Maybe they're just being cautious with him, but we most likely won't see him at all in any preseason games, but just considering what he did last year and the defense didn't really improve and he's got a lot of weapons there inside that offense. I mean, he put up, I know it was a very small sample size Pat in five games, but he put up historic numbers. Will he run around as much as these guys? Maybe not, but he certainly can. And Mahomes may not run around as much either, but it's a revamped offensive line and it's Patrick Mahomes and, you know, are going to be the two best, um, you know, the best wide receiver and the best tight end that he's going to be able to throw footballs to all year long. So I think that they should be all grouped together. I typically wait on quarterbacks, but I feel like this year has changed for me a little bit. Now I'm not rushing to grab five of these guys or one of the five, but I would be pretty happy if I left with one of the five. And I know we're talking single quarterbacks, but in a super flex, I think it's very valuable to have one of those five quarterbacks on your roster. And I would address it pretty early, but one a with Mahomes and Allen and then one B, but I mean, geez, I think this is the first time in a long time, Pat. I can't remember where a lot of these, as many quarterbacks as there are in one tier, usually it's just like, ah, you know, Mahomes and Lamar and years past Rogers and one others. But I think we can put them all in, in, you know, a first tier here. I may have gotten aggressive with my projections on Lamar Jackson. I currently have him ranked as quarterback number two. And in my projections, he actually comes out as quarterback number two as well. Now, I'm pretty sure Cust is going to pick him to win MVP and he's all in on the Ravens. So maybe oh, just no. avoid Lamar Jackson. Uh, however, when I look at it, it's funny because we talked about the rushing with Mahomes. I haven't projected for 280 rushing yards and that still puts him by far quarterback number one Uh, so and that's only with uh, just under 40 touchdown passes in 17 games if he plays everything but the biggest thing for me right now is like Lamar I have at 895 rushing yards which is I don't think that's unreasonable he's done it before and that's slightly less than you would see but he has to play the full complement of games I do think that the Ravens are improved especially offensively this year so it just comes down to his passing numbers can he be efficient enough in the passing game to get to around 4,000 yards to get around 30 touchdowns and I think that he can do that. And if he does, and the rushing stays the same, then I think he's the one you want to have, particularly because he's being drafted as quarterback number five right now. Uh, Even just over the past week in high stakes leagues, that's where he's really settled throughout the course of the year. He's going just a slot after Dak Prescott in the low 40s. You can get him at like pick 50, which at the end of the fourth round, where I think that he has game-breaking upside, where he could regain his crown as quarterback number one. And that's not a diss to Kyler or Josh Allen or Dak Prescott. Like Dak Prescott's pretty firmly in fifth, for me, of those four, but I think he deserves to be in that tier, that I think any one of those four guys has a very reasonable path to quarterback number one. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you there. Dak is is five for me, and Lamar does feel like that that value inside this tier. And even over the past couple of weeks in the high stakes leagues, NFFC drafts, he's got an ADP of 50, and his max pick is 68. That's pretty solid uh, for a guy who can give you that rushing floor. I think those projections are fair as well. And just looking at Lamar over the past few years, I mean, he, since he took that starting job, only four times he's finished with fewer than 16 fantasy points as a guy that's had over 20 and 20 of the 30. So he just comes with a solid floor. And the questions that I think a lot of people have that you brought up as well. And I have is, is just the the passing attack, right? They were, they were dead last and, and just passing yards and their wide receiver core was dead last as well. But you add Rashad Bateman to there and the steps forward that I thought Hollywood Brown took last year at the first, the first half of the season, 
was brutal. I mean, you didn't want to roster this guy. He was hanging around waiver wires. People were cutting him. But in the second half, he started to be a little bit more productive in the offense. And you still have um, some decent players in there as well who can catch balls, you know, J.K. Dobbins, I think, is a really good running back that I think will be more involved in the offense through the air. So Lamar, I mean, again, he's just a couple years removed from that MVP season and lighting the world on fire and a bit of a down year for him last year. COVID ran through the team, injuries. There's one game against the Browns that stand out where he left and he came back and he balled out towards the end of the game. So I have no problem with Lamar. Wouldn't be shocked if he finished as QB1. And, and to your point, he's, he's kind of that value where if you want that first tier, you could wait you know, for the first four to come off the board and then get Lamar. So one of the big things that I've been looking at is season long prop. So on the other show on Mayo media network, which I got people to subscribe to, but you can go check out the video version as well. Fantasy football picks and bets. You know, I'm on it. Sometimes there's a rotating cast of hosts talking about different things, but we've been really hammering down because the title sponsor is PrizePicks.com that they have these season over under fantasy props that are out right now. Lamar's rushing one is 950.5, which I just, I think that's just a complete stay away. I could see him going over. I don't want to, you know, lay, lay any, yeah. lay any money on him going over that. But I was looking at his passing one and it's 3,450 yards. That seems super low. It's like the lowest of all qualified quarterbacks right now. So if you did want to get on prize picks and try to tackle some of these, because I do think if there's some value on it, hit the comment section or description. Uh, there's the link down there. Or just use code uh, MMN at when you sign up, and you'll get a deposit match for up to $100. And there's some really juicy ones like, yeah, 3,450.5 yards for Lamar Jackson passing over 17 games. Now, if he gets hurt, he's not going to get there. But even if he's like not good this year, I still think he gets over that number. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, twenty seven hundred last year, but again, it was just it was just a weird season for a lot of the Ravens last year. And again, you bring in Bateman and Mark Andrews is talking up Sammy Hollywood Watkins? Brown here in camp. Sammy Watkins, yeah. So they really did a good job of revamping here, and I think they realized that that they can't just play against. I mean, they got finally got by the Titans last year, but the year before that. And then you know that you're going to have to go through KC to, to win a Super Bowl here. And you're not going to be able to score 17 to 20 points against KC and beat that team. You're going to have to throw the football. You need to have some playmakers inside that offense. And 900, and I think that whatever you said, 900 and, and something there for rushing yards. I mean, he's had a thousand in back-to-back campaigns. And whether he throws the football a little bit more and scales it back from a running standpoint, I still think that's a number that he goes over. I got him for 921. So I think that would be slightly under the prop that you gave. But that's me being slightly conservative as well as a guy that has 2,200 rushing yards over the last two years. So yeah, Sammy Watkins, he's not like a guy that you need to draft in fantasy, but when he's healthy, he can make things happen as well. And it's just another player that the defense has to take attention to because this just wasn't the case last year with the Browns. And now they got some pass catchers in there. I think they're one of the most improved teams on offense. I really like Bateman as a player. I think he's going to be very productive inside this offense. Yeah. So it's going to be Lamar for me from the top, although the Anderkers can strike at any time. Now I realize that Lamar only threw for 2,750 yards last year. That was in 15 games, and now theoretically he would get two more games if he plays the entire season. But you kind of hit on it. To compete with these very top teams in the AFC, Like they do have to modify their offense a little bit to become a little bit more pass-heavy. And the one really underrated part of the Ravens' offense last year, I mean, it's not underrated, it's just underspoken about, is how many drops they had. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's part of Hollywood, right? He, he just struggled so much in the first half of the season with targets. There was a point in the season where, like, I don't know if he 
I don't know if this is an exact quote, but like, just trade me. Like, why am I here? Why am I part of this offense if you're not going to use me? And in the second half, they started using him. And he dealt with some foot injuries right away in his first season. So he was in and out of the lineup. And all reports indicate that he is healthy right now. And we all know that he's a big play. He's got big playability to him. And he's very explosive after the catch. So you get him another year inside this offense, Lamar heading into year four. And again, all those weapons that they, they brought in through the draft or through free agency. So that's a very low number. I believe last year, like Willie Sneed led this team in catches. Like it's just like, it's <laughs> that's laughable. Now, when you consider what they have on their squad now, and Willie Sneed's not going to be a part of the offense, really. So. It's true. Uh, do you have a preference between Allen and Kyler? Because do you think, do you think that we see more Kyler from the second half of last year where he was not as valuable as a fantasy quarterback after the injury and he stopped running as much, stopped calling his own number near the goal line as much. Then you have someone like Josh Allen who continues to call his number around the goal line. But if that regresses at all, then it becomes kind of concerning for his overall fantasy value. He might end up becoming like a better real life quarterback because of it. But selfish Josh Allen on the one yard line is who I want to draft in fantasy yeah me too yeah I have a preference and it's Allen it's close I'm a huge Kyler fan and before he suffered that shoulder injury against the the Seahawks I believe it was week eight he was QB one and he was third among quarterbacks in red zone rushing attempts and Kenyon Drake was not part of the red zone offense like anybody who owned Drake in the first few weeks of the season where they were pulling their hair out because it was always always Kyler and he was being selfish and why wouldn't you when you're so agile and you can get in with ease like there's difference right there's Allen just runs over people when at the one it's it's going to be him but for Kyler when he suffered that shoulder injury Pat he had one red zone carry in the second half of the season and Kenyon Drake led all running backs in red zone rushing attempts. So there was a change and it was just because of Kyler's shoulder and reports at a camp in Arizona say, and for Kyler, he's been on record to say this too, that he's going to be a little bit cautious and maybe not be as quote unquote selfish running the football inside the red zone. And I don't think he was being selfish, but it's protecting himself. He's a bit of a smaller quarterback. I thought he adjusted from from just the past couple of years and taking sacks like a couple of years ago he was taking needless sacks and he was running around a little bit last year was a was a bit better for him not taking those hits and maybe not running around as much adding uh you know AJ Green whatever but they still added him and then Rondell Moore that they drafted as well who can play in the slot and then of course they still have Hopkins and and Connor who can catch balls into the backfield so there's a lot of, of solid pieces inside that offense and I don't think the same can be said with the Bills. I have some questions about Cole Beasley, where his head's at. And Diggs is definitely the guy. But we have a large sample here of Josh Allen, to your point, calling his own number inside the red zone. And this is a team that doesn't seem like they really want to run the football all that much. They didn't last year. In the playoffs, I think they ran it once in the first half of a playoff game. Allen's not afraid to run. He's had a ton of rushing touchdowns over the course of his career. So I lean with Allen. Uh, but it's it's pretty close. Yeah. I guess Emmanuel Sanders is there now, too. Maybe Gabe Davis takes, right. takes a step up a I year think, or two. I think he does. But we're both firmly on. I mean, Dak is in this tier, but he's the last guy of this tier. Yeah, she should be there, right? Considering all the weapons and the offensive line is healthier this year, it, it went through some issues and he was setting the world on fire. I mean, he was going to blow past every single prop that he had, touchdowns, passing yards, and he was on pace for an historic, historic season now. Sure, there may have been some regression a little bit, but I just think if he's healthy 
I mean, with his weapons, I really like CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup is a, is a deep threat guy. I think a bounce back here from Zeke. So I think he does belong in that tier, but he is firmly number six for me. And we'll keep an eye on what happens if he can get in there and throw some footballs. He may even fall down. We're seeing Aaron Rodgers jump up here now that he's reported to camp. So people like Justin Herbert. So he could potentially fall outside that five. And I think that'd be pretty good quarterback if you're able to get him at six or, or seven or eight. Let's just in there for me. Yeah. Let's discuss this QB strategy when it comes to drafting for both single quarterback and then two QB and super flex. Do you really see a big difference in your draft strategy between two quarterback leagues and super flex leagues? Cause I don't, I just treat super flex like it is a two quarterback league. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I treat it the same, but in, you know, in a two quarterback super flex, it's the same, but I, I, I want one early, man. I really do. I probably, I'm probably leaving with four, three for sure. And I'm addressing, I want two of them probably before the end of the fourth. And I've definitely taken one. Like if I had a pick in the five, six, seven, eight range, I'm, I'm, I'm most likely taking a quarterback in that range. And near the end of the first, I'm taking one there. And then by the time it comes back to you, there's still going to be some decent quarterbacks, but I think you have to address it then as well. You, you probably should leave you know, with two in the first four rounds. It's just, it, I've been in situations before, Pat, where injuries pile up and people are hogging quarterbacks and it's tough to find anyone. You just you put yourself in a really tough position if you don't have two capable quarterbacks. Yeah, I most of the leagues that I've ever won in Superflex or two quarterback, I usually have two in the first three rounds. I try to go get yeah. two. If I don't get the very top guy, I guess it depends on where you pick. Like if you had the number one pick, would you take Mahomes or would you take McCaffrey? I would probably take, McCaffrey, but it would put yourself, you'd put, I mean, I've been in that situation where I'm two or three and I have taken, I have Mahomes at two and I've seen the quarterbacks by the time it comes back around, all the top 10 are gone and most likely the top 12 are gone. So if you were to take CMC, then you're looking at a quarterback outside the 12, like Stafford, which I guess is okay, would be maybe the best that you can do at, at QB one. I think it'd be fine if you got a Hertz or a Tannehill, but after that, like if you don't go QB QB with pick two and three, then you're looking at, you're taking shots at like a Baker Mayfield or one of the younger quarterbacks here, like a Trey Lance or a Fields, which I'm fine with, but it's something that you just, you have to play this out, whether it's a mock draft or not. Like you really, I would consider Mahomes at one, but I, th- I think that I would go CMC, but pick three, four and five. I'm going quarterback. I, I think picks, yeah, the second round and third round, like the, the best I think that you could probably do in a 12-team league at the turn in a super flex at pick 24 and 25, like maybe Joe Burrow is still there. Like that's your best and case. Or Hurts, potentially. That'd be a win. That'd be a, And that would be a win, but it's also possible that those guys wouldn't be there. And then I think you're like, oh, my goodness, wow. Is, you know, is my quarterback one here? Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins. Like, do you want to even pick them at that point? It feels like a bit of a waste, but that's why I think you need to address it, certainly in the first two rounds. Yeah, and then then people start reaching on these sort of sub-tier quarterbacks. Exactly. Like, they start going in rounds four and five, the Bakers of the world, the, the Drew Locke, Sam Darnold, like that tier of guys, even Tua to a certain extent could be down there, Kirk Cousins. Like, they're fine as your quarterback, yeah. too. And obviously, the opportunity cost of passing on a quarterback very highly is is going to be that you get Elvin Kamara in the first round or someone that normally like Devontae Adams, like the beginning of the third or something like that. Cause everyone's loading up on quarterbacks like that mm-hmm. could work out to your favor, but then you have to hit the one thing about quarterbacks and taking them early, at least to me in two quarterbacks or super flex formats is 
unless they get hurt, quarterbacks are generally the safest players on the board. So you know the commodity that you're getting. So if you can get two top 10 guys, it really can give you a huge advantage instead of you having to be right about that guy that no one else wants to have. Exactly. And the game has changed, right? It's it's just a rushing quarterback world now. You're, you're seeing some of the guys that I mentioned in Fields and Lance get drafted. And some of the guys that have just been drafted over the past couple of years. I mean, Dak led everybody with 26.9 fantasy points. Mahomes, 25. Allen, 24. Rodgers had the historic season. And it really was a historic season. I mean, a 9.1 touchdown percentage is absolutely historic. And 48 touchdowns. I don't expect him to do that. He's like kind of the outlier where him and Brady average more than 20 fantasy points per game. But they don't give you that rushing floor. But they also have some dud games in them where it's these other guys that have the safe floor. Kyler, 23 fantasy points per game. Watson, uh, of course, there's a lot of question marks with him, but he can run around 23 fantasy points. Herbert, Tannehill. And then there's a bit of a drop-off. After that, we're looking at guys. You mentioned Baker, Matt Ryan's in here, Kirk Cousins is guys that average like 17 fantasy points per game. Like seven, that's a five to seven point difference in terms of that tier to the guys that you would get in the third or fourth round if you don't address the quarterback position in the first two rounds. So that's a significant difference in my opinion. I think it's very valuable in the super flex league to have a rushing quarterback. And heck, if you start with the Mahomes or a Lamar and you're able to get a guy like fields, Trey Lance or Hertz, that's, that's huge. I think you're ahead of the game. So I think the best strategy that you can look at, assuming this isn't like a best ball format, it's like a real league where you can make trades. If you can get Mahomes, I would take him at pick number one. I just would. And then I would yeah. probably load up on someone at the swing after pick one of the, whoever the best quarterback remaining was. And then I would go get myself probably in order, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Tua, Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones, one of those guys in like the ninth, 10th or 11th, which is where they're probably going to go in two quarterback kind of thing. Cause they're not, unless they get announced to be a starter by the time this comes out or you know, in, over the next few weeks, whenever you draft, but if they're not the starters, that's where I would go because the rest of my team is deficient at that point. And I have Mahomes in a two quarterback league as a bargaining chip, but then fields comes out. And like you mentioned, you have this higher floor because of the rushing quarterback. And maybe all of a sudden, like he's like the eighth best quarterback or something. Well, then I can trade Mahomes for Christian McCaffrey. Like that wouldn't be that hard mm -hmm. of a sell to do to someone in your league. Or if you need receivers, you go get two receivers for your quarterback or a running back and receiver, wherever your team is weak. I just think there's a lot of value in these rookie or even second year under drafted rushing quarterbacks that you can make your third quarterback that you don't need to rely on. But if the time comes where they they have proven themselves to be safe with high upside. You can get rid of your super high established quarterback and get some real value in return for them at the same time. That would be the best draft strategy that I can think of. And that's one that I've employed the most often. It's, it's funny because I have more success in two quarterback leagues than I do in single quarterback leagues. Yeah, me too. Actually, there's one year that stands out to me. I actually I think it was last year where I lost Dak and I lost Wentz. And I think I may have had Haskins as my third. And it's like, oh boy, like I actually went to the, to the fantasy playoffs. And I'm starting Nick Mullins in a two quarterback league. And, and, and I'm, I lose because you're not injuries happen, of course, but you want to be prepared towards the end. Those are two guys in Lance and fields that are really moving up single quarterback leagues in NFFC. I've noticed the, the jump. They're both going now inside the top 20. And if, and if either of these guys are named starters, they're going to go inside the top 15 and you just have to view them the same way. I think people are viewing Jalen hurts right now. Jalen hurts a very small sample questions about him 
as a passer, but his rushing floor is there. And Pat, when he was playing those four games, what did he start four games? I think he, his fewest fantasy point output in those four games was 16, 16 fantasy points for a guy that was playing behind a brutal offensive line and not throwing the football to anybody. So you have to view Lance and fields as guys that not that you have to reach on them, but maybe you start thinking about them at quarterback 15 or quarterback 14 just to have them. Because when you think ahead, let's say they don't play the first few weeks and it is Dalton and Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to get in over time. It's, there's no question. Both of them will. And when they are starters, you're going to be ranking them week in week out as a borderline top 10 quarterback. I'm going to be doing the same. People are viewing Jalen hurts like that. They viewed him last, last year. He was at one point he was quarterback five. Why? Because he runs around. So these guys that you're getting towards the end, I'm looking at the NFFC right now, ADP 145, quarterback 18 for Lance Fields, 148, quarterback 20 for, um, yeah, quarterback 20, pick 148. Again, those are guys that you're drafting is just like your second quarterback. And when it comes to them being starters, they're going to have top five upside on a weekly basis because of what they can provide on the ground. So I think that's a great strategy. And, and when you think too, like, okay, I don't want to waste a pick on Mahomes and then or have another quarterback in round three. I don't want to have those. A lot of people are going to be doing that too. So the running backs are not going to fly off the board like they do in a single quarterback league. You're still going to have solid running backs if you pick one in round two or one in round four or five. Yeah, you might not have the best running backs there are in this league, but you can still get that like tier two, tier three type guy and have to live with that. But your quarterbacks are your highest scoring players. So you might, you might as well prioritize them in a single quarterback league, it's not as important because the gap between like one and 12, I mean, it's sure. lar- it's large, but it's not huge. But the difference between no. like 12 and 28 when it comes down to it is a massive gap. And I, I for, for the record, I would want Justin Fields more than I would want Trey Lance. Uh, I just think that his path to playing is probably going to be faster. And that's not to say that Lance can't win the job from Jimmy Garoppolo week one. But the Niners schedule is so easy that it's going to be pretty simple if Jimmy G gets the start to be And Le- Levy and I talked about this a few weeks back on the show that you know, he could just be five and one and they're, they're not going to bench a five and one quarterback. I know. I know. I've had this conversation with Elliot as well. I mean, he, Elliot had said that he expects Lance to be the starter week one and Kyle Shanahan said just recently that he it's Jimmy, Jimmy G week one. I don't fully believe him, but to your point, the schedule is super soft right away. And that's why part of it for me feels like this is a perfect time to just go with Lance week one in Detroit week two in Philadelphia, two very winnable games. But if Jimmy G and you would expect them to win both games, even if it is Garoppolo week, one and week two you're right and then you have some tougher competition where you play Seattle and Green Bay I think in the first few weeks and if they win those games then at that point you're just riding with Jimmy Garoppolo and then Lance is kind of hanging around um, you know on your bench and it's it, it could be frustrating but I like both of them I think I think they're both going to start this season and I I do feel like Lance has a higher ceiling just because of some of his pass catchers and the play calling I I just trust Shanahan more than I trust Matt Nagy uh but even still like both of these guys I'd rather have them as my QB2 than a guy like Carson Wentz or a Baker Mayfield or, or Goff or or Goff or Fitzpatrick like I like Fitz just like everybody else likes Fitz but he's going to have those games where he has single fantasy points and if and if Hurts or if um, Lance and Fields have a game where they just have one passing touchdown, but they run for 40 or 50 yards. It's like, okay, fine. I got double digit fantasy points here. That's the floor that I have. There was a game last year where Brady threw 
and he had two fantasy points. Like those games are going to happen with guys like Baker and Wentz and Tua and Fitzpatrick. Like, they're just going to happen, but you get that rushing floor. It's, it's very solid. So those guys are going to continue, I think to, to jump. I mean, just three weeks ago, Pat fields and Lance were going outside the top 22. Like they have, people are catching on to them and they want a piece of them. And I don't blame them. Yeah. The, the bottom tier of guys like this that we're talking about are probably Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones, because they could be good. It's most likely they're probably going to be bad, but they're going to run as well. And if they can click in these offenses and actually establish themselves as passers, I don't think that they're going to run to the same extent that I mean, I think fields is a pretty good deep ball passer anyway, but if he starts like taking yeah. off, like it's game over in terms of fantasy, yeah. he's like the better Jalen hurts at that point. And I would want yep. a part of that Lance. I don't know what he is as a passer, right? I know he can run. So I feel like he's going to run more. That'd be my hesitation on Lance though, when it came to overall fantasy ability, because with that week's schedule, you think, Oh, this is gravy. This is going to be great news for yeah. these skill position players on the Niners and the quarterbacks. But if they're just up they're, they're going to be running with running backs most of the time. Yeah, you, you're right. They are. And I feel like they'll be up uh, in a majority of their games. I really like their team. And a lot of guys that didn't play last year because of injury are, are back. And we've seen Shanahan before use multiple running backs and just play the running back game, right? Remember the game against the Packers where Jimmy G maybe had nine passing attempts? Like if they can run on a team, they're just going to continue to run on a team where, you know, maybe Chicago will be in some tighter games and we'll see a, a few more passing attempts from fields. But it, it's 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 Tannehan and the play, the players that they have in that offense, like the, all those yak monsters like Kittle and Ayuk and Debo who, who do get me excited, but yeah, we'll just see how that plays out. But can't you like, just picture it. If Jimmy G has a, as a preseason game where he throws five picks and he looks awful and Lance is, is playing really good. Where do you think he goes? Like to, if you're waiting it out in the last week to draft and Lance's name, the starter, He's, he's probably a guy that maybe you end up passing on because he's getting drafted in the top 10 and everybody's liking him. Or for, I don't think Fields will get to that point. Even if he's named starter, I think he's still going to be a pretty good value on draft day. Yeah, and I think he probably has the higher fantasy upside year one anyway. It's funny that we didn't talk about Trevor Lawrence at all as a part of this, but we'll get, to him. We'll get to him in a minute. And when I threw, when Paul puts the graphic up on the screen with the projection from runthesims.com for Trey Lance, this season, it puts him out as quarterback number 14. Those are my inputs that I made him starter from week one, just to see what okay. that would look like. And that's with me having San Francisco at a 47% rushing rate, which is probably the highest in football right now and running just a shade over 1,030 plays. But that gives him almost a 20% market share of the rushes, six yards per carry, 15% of the rushing touchdowns. And even though he's taking all of the passing attempts, the passing itself just isn't going to make up for it. He would need a better passing season based on what I would put in to crack the top 10. So I do think that there is a bit of a limited upside. Plus, we don't know the actual skill level where he's at. I was scoping around DealDash.com the other day because I've heard that people have saved some big-time money there. And I tell you what, what I saw, I almost couldn't believe. They had auctions on a crazy wide variety of quality products, and people were winning them at truly shocking prices. So here's the question. How much can you save at DealDash.com? Well, it's completely up to you. Some people save 80%, some people save 90%, some people save up to 99%. Really, the only way to find out how much you can save is to visit DealDash.com today and use promo code MAYO. That's DealDash.com, promo code M-A-Y-O, to see how much you can save. DealDash, where deals 
come true. Let's jump back into the tiers, though. So we've done the top five guys. This next tier I have has three players on it, but I can move this around, add more people, take more people out. It's Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts, and Joe Burrow are my six, seven, and eight at quarterback. Should Justin Herbert be a part of that? Because he's my next guy on the list, but I just feel like Justin or Justin Herbert is closer to Trevor Lawrence and Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill. I don't think he's going to be running for his life in a lot of situations. I actually think the Chargers want him to run less this year. And if the Chargers are a better team this year, he's going to get his numbers for sure. But it's not going to be one of these situations where they're just like blowing late game leads or having to play huge catch up against teams. Like, I think he'll be more efficient this year, but I think it might curb his fantasy upside potentially. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Uh, I-, I think that's a unique tier that you have there, and I can't I, I can't hate it. I just um, oh, you can listen to me. You don't need to be nice to me just because you're on my no, show. no. You, you can hate. You know, you know, hate. I would tell. Go you, ahead, no, and hate. You, know, you know, I would tell you. You know, I would tell you. Um, I, I think that. It's interesting because Brady and Rodgers, to me, like should kind of be in that tier, but they don't have that same rushing floor, right? Which we talked about. There's there's dud games that are going to happen between those two. Um, I, I think that hurts. I have Hurts and Burrow kind of like in tier three, uh, but I really like both of those quarterbacks, and it's kind of, I kind of, from my my mindset, if I don't get those first five. I'm probably fading that next tier in terms of ADP where it's like Rogers, Brady, Wilson, Wilson. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm interested in Herbert, Tannehill, Burrow and Hertz. Like that's kind of where I think I'm going to live in that range. But I think those four certainly have the upside. I think we could see a bit of a downtick from, from Justin Herbert, just a little bit here. You know, I think defense is kind of, keyed in on him towards the end I think he's a terrific talent I think he's you know he's going to be amazing in this league and he was amazing last year but I still have questions about the offensive line a new play caller and I don't think he's going to run around as much as he did to your point as well but I I don't know man I think that I think that I would probably have him just in that third tier Uh, and it's just we're splitting hairs here a little bit Hurts, I don't want to draft as like QB6. I just don't want to overpay a little bit on him. But I don't know if we have to. I think we can get him as like QB10 or QB11. But he does have the upside to just be close to that to that next tier. Herbert is the one that I'm I'm just I'm unsure of. He's that one guy that I just don't know. Like QB6 right now, a min pick of 41 over the past couple of weeks here at NFFC drafts. I don't think I'm willing to pay that price uh, for a you know top 60 pick. I don't think I'm there. I think I would rather like a Russell Wilson, you know, new offensive coordinator in town coming off a season where he had the most passing attempts in his career. And then you're hearing things like Tyler Lockett say he's never seen routes like this in his time in Seattle and DK Metcalf, very similar, like just routes that he's never ran before. And it hadn't been seen in LA, you know, Shane Waldron is coming from Sean McVay, uh, Sean McVay type offense, a type tree doesn't have a lot of ability. It doesn't have a lot of success or, and track record of calling plays. He's never really done it, but he's going to bring a different dynamic to this offense that I'm more willing to grab a guy that's done it before in the past, like a Wilson or a Rogers, as opposed to a Herbert. I don't know, man. I'm a little, I just don't know what I, I'm a little on the fence when it comes to Herbert, where his draft price is. I would go Herbert over Rogers. I, I think the, the thing that's going to trigger most people here is like Jalen Hurts at seven, Joe Burrow at eight. Yes. And they're on this tier with Russell, Russell Wilson, who we consider to be one of the safer fantasy quarterbacks. And I do consider him that way. Maybe he should be a part of the first tier or him and Dak should be on their own tier. I'm willing to hear those mm-hmm. arguments for sure. But 
One of the things with Hertz and Burrow, they're both going later than a lot of the guys after them. They're going as quarterbacks 11 and 13, respectively, right now in high-stakes NFC drafts. So I think that the value in at pick 90 or 100 is a lot better on those guys. And I feel like I'm going to know pretty quickly whether I was right or wrong about them. Like, if Hurts is just bad, then he's going to be bad. But if he's good, he has the potential to be the number one overall quarterback. Like, he has that sort of upside based on his profile. And I've said many times on this show, I have Joe Burrow projected to throw the most passes of anyone in football this year. So if we're thinking about, like, volume kings in the passing game, like a Stafford or a Matt Ryan, like guys who have gotten to that level before because of the overall volume, they just get their through attrition i can see that with burrow 100 percent. plus he runs more than those guys right and that's the thing where i have a little bit of pause with herbert because last year i mean 595 passing attempts was the fourth most in football but the defense i mean the defense should be good they got a defensive-minded coach there are they gonna run a little bit more is herbert gonna scale back his rushing like you mentioned and he wasn't even a big runner i mean 234 i mean herbert is right there or uh, burrow is right there too if you just take his his yards per game on the ground and and take that over a full season he's right around that 230 mark too so i think the passing attempts probably come down from herbert they're in more football games and they're not he's not throwing a lot or as much as he did last year and i don't know that's just not going to be the case in cincinnati the defense is still uh, pretty bad. And you have the sample last year of the 10 games, the 40.4 passing attempts was just behind big Ben at 40.5 and big Ben's always been among the leaders. It's just, it's just what it is. I mean, he's always a guy that, you know, kind of turns out around 600 and passing attempts. So I love burrow for where he's going. I don't think it's a stretch where you have him uh, ranked as a tier. And I think people will, will probably get triggered with hurts and burrow in that tier ahead of a Rodgers and a Brady. But again, this is just uh it's, it's, it's a new age at the quarterback position and you have all those weapons that burrow has. And Zach Taylor was certainly fine with just letting burrow Chuck and letting him throw and Joe Mixon involved in the passing game as well. This is a guy that I expect if he's healthy to have 50 plus catches. So you're going to have probably five guys inside that offense. Yes. CJ Uzma as well as a guy that I expect to have 50 catches. If burrow's throwing the ball 40 plus times a game and a lot of just solid wide receivers in there. So I, I, I really like Burrow. I think he's got upside to be close to that next tier as well. So, I mean, I can't hate on that tier. It's just, what do you do with a guy like Rogers and Brady? Do you just fade them because they're getting a little bit older and they were so efficient last year? I think of Brady and I'm like, wow, this guy had 40 passing touchdowns. He was awful to start with Bruce Arians. He was throwing picks. Bruce Arians was throwing him under the bus he really didn't have any time with the team in camp. It was a different year last year. Now you got year two and he's got all of his guys. He's got Brown coming back and Gronk who he's very familiar with. And now another year of Evans and Godwin, two guys that he just was throwing footballs to just last year. So now another year inside this offense, another game, man, Brady could you know, top 4,600 yards and 40 passing touchdowns. And to me, that's pretty scary. It is. The reason that I don't like those guys as much is because I perceive them to have a floor. And I feel like Brady probably hit his ceiling last year with 40 touchdown passes. Like, it's going to be really probably, hard to yeah. replicate. It's same with Burrow or uh, with Herbert. Like, Herbert rushed five, had five rushing touchdowns last year. Maybe that's just a part of his game. And I am discrediting that, but it's not like he was running all that often. I guess maybe he sees daylight, he goes and he's there. But it just feels like that number is somewhat unsustainable too. 
Like Dak has put up enough of a resume of having like five to eight rushing touchdowns per year that you just expect him to do that. But even his passing exploits are going to be much higher, even if he does regress from that number. So that's the hesitation with Burrow for me. And I'm always, I always talk about that. I'm playing for the most possible upside within reason at almost every position. And that's what I see from Burrow and Hertz, that if I get this pick right, they're going to outperform wherever I draft them and be better than all of these guys because their ceiling is so much higher. And if they're not good, you know, I can move on in a one quarterback league pretty easily to someone else. Like I'm not going to get anyone on the Stafford, Ryan, Rogers, Brady tier, but I mean, their level isn't that much higher than Kirk Cousins at the same time. So I'm not really going to sweat that. That's why I want to take like home run cuts at the quarterback position if I'm going to go into this area. So that leads me to tier three. And this is kind of jumbled. I need you to help me make sense of this one. This is the way I have it right now. Herbert, Tannehill, Lawrence, Brady, Stafford, Rogers, Ryan, Justin Fields, Daniel Jones, Trey Lance, and Tua. That's like its own tier of guys that I could be like, yeah, let's take whoever's last. And I probably want Fields. Or Lawrence. Yeah, I you, you probably, yeah, those two guys. I'll say Tannehill, too. I'll give some love to Tannehill. I, I have him ranked uh, as higher than anyone over at FTMFantasy.com. And just looking at it since he was just named a starter. So it was week seven of 2019. He's quarterback three in fantasy since then. Only two guys ahead of him. And Patrick Mahomes is not one of them. It's Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. This guy's been super efficient and not really throwing the football. Sneaky little ground game, too, with Brian Tannehill. And a new addition to the offense in Julio Jones. So I know Arthur Smith is not calling plays anymore, and people are wondering what the offense is going to look like. But you just give yourself a future Hall of Fame wide receiver and a stud on the other side of A.J. Brown and a running back in Derrick Henry, who is, you know, a lot of defenses are still going to focus in on Derrick Henry and and what he can do. And that's going to leave some soft coverage for one of these two wideouts. And I think that wideout may be Julio who kind of gets disrespected. It's, it's, it's a really solid three headed monster in Tennessee. So Tannehill is that one guy that I, I still think people don't give him the respect uh, because you just look and sometimes he doesn't throw that much. But again, this is a guy who, who will call his own number and run and the rushing touchdowns mean like he had seven last year. That's probably def- I, I would say that doesn't happen again. If he gets four or five, I, I think you could like that quite a bit. 266 rushing yards is, is just added on to what he can do. But you look at all the quarterbacks, I mean, 481 passing attempts, like that's not even that's not even remotely close inside the top 15. <laughs> so that's where you I think where people have that hesitation to to draft him. But I think he's he I think he belongs in a tier. I would have Tua outside of that tier. I just have some questions. Like how much is Tua gonna throw the football? I don't know. I think you're just I you're you're just a Tua hater. You're like everyone else who comes on this show. <laughs> I, I'd like Tua. I just don't know if he belongs in that tier with like uh I don't know with all the other guys that you had in there like Trevor Lawrence or uh, you got Matt Ryan in there. I think Matt Ryan. Yeah. So so it's sort of like the there. safe it's sort of like the safe pocket passer guy. Like for reference, I have Tannehill at number ten at quarterback okay. maybe not quite as high as you but i feel like that's pretty high that's that's pretty general. high yeah that's fine yeah. yeah so it's it's herbert Tannehill, lawrence brady stafford rogers ryan maybe there should be a little line I'd there. cut it off there and then yeah. it's and then it would be fields daniel jones trey lance tua yeah i don't know if i'd have two in that final one and i'm not a hater i'm not but i mean i'm I, watching clips on twitter Tua's throwing 65 yeah. yard bombs i got a little bit of yeah. wobble kurt warner-esque if you ask me meanie 
<laughs> and if his weapons, like if Waddle's not seriously hurt and Fuller is is healthy, uh, and you know Parker is healthy too, sure, uh, he does have the weapons there. The defense is still, I think, solid. I, I just that's my one question with like how many is he going to have a lot of games where he's throwing the ball forty plus times? Are they going to let that happen with Tua? I, I, and again, he doesn't need to be in that tier. He's not really getting drafted there. I think he's a really good value for where he's going. I mean, quarterback twenty three, ADP one sixty six. Like that's after Baker and Carson Wentz, who I'd much rather have Tua than those two guys. Uh, and Kirk Cousins, I think I'd probably rather have Tua over him too. So again, just because I don't agree with maybe he should be in that tier doesn't mean that he can't get there from an upside standpoint, but somebody that you just don't need to draft in there. But I think Daniel Jones is is sneaky as well from a, a rushing standpoint. The offensive line has some question marks, but I like that they gra- they drafted Kenny Galladay and that it looks like Saquon's going to be good to go here this season. But yeah, I mean, Again, Tua is just one of those guys that, you know, you could pick up later, like you said, a, a replacement when you're in a single quarterback league. If you just draft somebody in, I don't know, outside of the top five and the injury happens or something doesn't happen or you draft a second quarterback towards the end, is a guy who does have some ceiling and some upside that maybe you could have yourself, um, you know, a high-end QB2, low-end QB1. Yeah, and to listen, if he truly was hampered by the hip last year and now they actually have an offense that fits him, not Ryan Fitzpatrick, someone that, you know, He's not like whatsoever. Maybe he starts to run a little bit more. Now he's a little bit healthier. And they went out and they got him to legit targets if they can stay healthy. And yes, Fuller's going to miss. What is it? One more game Fuller misses to start the year? I think so, yeah. So And he's already banged up too. So Waddle's already banged up. Devontae Parker's a walking triage unit. So I don't know if they just stay healthy all year. But (laughs) again, under the assumption that if we're taking some swings, this is going to be very late. That if two is good, like his fantasy numbers could be awesome. They could be. Yeah, there's a couple games that stand out to me. I'm looking at the game log. I do remember the one in Arizona when him and Kyler kind of went back and forth. That was like his big his big game. I believe it was his second one. He had 248 passing yards, two touchdowns, and he ran he had 35 rushing yards. He looked really good and he was dodging tackles. And then there was another game against uh, KC where he had to throw the ball a little bit more. 48 passing attempts was the second most that he had thrown last year. And he he finished with 316 passing yards and two touchdowns. And again, had a rushing touchdown, 24 rushing touchdowns. He ends up with three rushing touchdowns in his final four games. Then he plays the Bills week 17 and he threw the ball 58 times. Like it was bad. I just I, like really, was really, bad. really bad. Threw three picks in that game. But there are some other games too. Like, are they gonna let him throw like 11, 15 for 25, 11 for 20? 20 for 26, 17 for 22. That just doesn't do it for me. Uh, I know the upside is there and the weapons could, if they all come together and they're healthy, I really do like the Waddle pick. Those guys have a connection as well. I think that's like, if you have a Tua and a Waddle in a dynasty league, like you're going to be set up, I think for years to come, but just, I want to see the 40 plus passing attempts. I just don't know if they're going to be there. That's completely fair. And that's why he's the bottom of tier. What is tier four now that puts him at quarterback for me quarterback 19 i think so it's not like you're going yeah. out to draft no him, i do think that as a complimentary piece that if you want to take a shot on him i do see a path to upside like i see with daniel jones and trey lance and justin field that's sort of the upside tier maybe zach wilson should be in that tier too like why not right yeah, maybe he should. Uh, we're going to have to see with him. I, this is a team that I think improved their offensive line. I, th- I think, personally, they're probably going to have one of the best offensive lines in football, maybe top five. I think Cleveland probably takes the cake there. But 
we'll see a young quarterback who I, I have some, I have high expectations for him, but I think he's going to struggle in year one. Uh, he's, he's a bit of a smaller quarterback, but if you watch him in college and I know the comparisons may seem crazy when you hear scouts say Patrick Mahomes, but if you really did watch him in college, he had some Patrick Mahomes like throws, like one leg up in the air, sidearm throws. And I think they did a great job in bringing in Corey Davis and then also drafting Elijah Moore, who I think will just take over at, at, at any moment inside the slot. And I really like him as a talent. And the key is for a young quarterback to have an offensive line and to not being, you know, taking all those sacks. And that's a guy who's going pretty, pretty much free. Like, him and Sam Darnold, I actually like in that range. Like I'd rather take those guys than, you know, a Fitz or a Derek Carr or one of the Saints quarterbacks where I'm just not sure, or Jared Goff, like Zach Wilson, quarterback 29. Like this guy could be your very last pick and same sort of deal with Sam Darnold and all of those pass catchers. Just get a, get away from Adam, Adam Gase <laughs> and surround him around playmakers there's tons of them he's very familiar with Robbie Anderson DJ Moore is very explosive after the catch Terrace Marshall is having great plays here in camp and CMC can help you out so much as a quarterback even if your first read is DJ Moore oh, not there CMC <laughs> just get him the ball in space he is definitely going to have a breakout season and it doesn't take much for him to have that so I'll add Zach Wilson to the bottom of that tier just after Tua in terms of fantasy rankings. Then we talk about Tier 5. This is the rest of the quarterbacks. And it's funny because you mentioned Sam Darnold. He is the first of the quarterbacks as a part of this tier. His lack of rushing ability, I think, separates him from that middle yeah. tier of the Fields, Jones, Tua's type guys. But he's at the top of this one. And then it's Cousins, Mayfield, Fitzpatrick, Cam Newton, Jameis, Roethlisberger, Tyrod, Derek Carr, Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, who's like dead and can't walk. Mac Jones, Taysom Hill. Like whoever starts for the Saints, I think would get a boost. Although if yeah. it's if it's Taysom, he probably gets ranked higher than Jameis because even if Jameis is the starter, we're still gonna see Taysom Hill take like twenty percent of the quarterback snaps. So that just limits the upside of Jameis Winston. Like no one in here really excites me, and it's no real knock against Goff or Carr and these like steady Eddie gonna start every single game. I just don't see any path to upside with them. So it's almost like Kirk Cousins. Like I think Kirk Cousins is a good real life quarterback i don't love him for fantasy like in the games where he's not throwing at least two touchdowns like he's a bad fantasy quarterback and so are those guys yeah he is uh yeah cousins is is off my radar i just i think we'll see a little bit of regression too from adam thielen like he was just a touchdown beast last year despite not really getting a ton of targets like he wasn't among the leaders in targets but their offense is predicated around running picks for him in the red zone. They have a lot totally. more designed plays for Thielen inside the five yard line than most. It's like Devontae Adams on the Packers. I know they're two completely different receivers, but there are certain play packages in the red zone that just go to Devontae Adams and they are all set up with pick plays. And Adam Thielen gets that treatment with Minnesota for whatever reason. Now, maybe they're just like, hey, we should just do this with Justin Jefferson. That might work out better. But Thielen, for whatever reason, has these plays designed for him. So I don't know if his touchdown per target is actually out of whack. I think you need to really micro in and see where a lot of these targets are coming from and the play design that's going along with them as well. Yeah, it's a good point because when you look at the red zone target shares, he's among the leaders and he he has been, you know, that way for the past couple of years. So it, I mean, it is a good point that you bring up. But for Cousins, I mean, the offense, as good as Justin Jefferson was too, I mean, I think you kind of have to respect expect a little bit of regression. I mean, 1,400 yards for a rookie has never been done before. I think he's a terrific talent. He's not going to take any defenses by surprise this year. But the offense runs through Dalvin Cook. 
it's surprising cook. I know we're talking quarterbacks here, but Dalvin cook for a guy who has like at least 40 grabs in each of his last three seasons, three receiving touchdowns and just one in the last two years, that would help out Kirk cousins a little bit more, but the offense does run through uh, Dalvin cook, but I agree with that tier. There's nothing really all that exciting. To be honest, it's just a lot of quarterbacks that don't that don't chuck. Like Derek Carr, if Gruden would just let him throw the ball a little bit more, and and just to anybody other than Darren Waller, mm-hmm. like Rugs, like you drafted Rugs as the first wide receiver in the top what 11, 12 picks. Like, why don't you throw him the football a little bit? He can take the top off defenses. Maybe that happens with Aguilar no longer there, but it's still just an offense that wants to run the football and the defense is brutal. Like you would think that Derek Carr would have more 40 plus passing attempt games. It's just a couple that stand out to me. And it's when the chiefs, them and the chiefs like went up and down the field twice last year, Vegas almost beat him in both games. They beat him in one and Carr was good in those games. And it was like, okay, he's actually a decent fantasy quarterback here. When you look at the end of the day, he finishes right around the top 20. This is not a guy that you can trust week in and week out. I would say a special shout out to Teddy Bridgewater. If he somehow wins that job in Denver, he could actually be a yeah. nice fantasy legitimate sleeper just because no one is paying attention to that offense because they're like, ah, Drew Locke, he sucks. And like, yeah, he does suck. But Teddy Bridgewater does yeah. not. And they did give up some capital to go get him. I want to finish this off with Deshaun Watson, though. Obviously, by the time that we're recording this, because we're releasing this a little bit later, maybe he's been traded. Who knows? But probably not. <laughs> Do you think that he plays this year? Because he's reporting to camp. He's setting himself up to play as long as he doesn't end up on the commissioner's exempt list, which I would say is probably a heavy favorite to happen for him, especially yeah. with all the recent, like the, even the new allegations that have come out now against him. So it, it's a situation where he's basically be going un, he's going undrafted. But if you're in a one quarterback league, like, there's no reason if you're one of the people that likes to take a backup quarterback, like don't take Carr or Cousins, like just draft Deshaun Watson to see what happens. If he's not on a team or not playing by the time a week four of the preseason, just cut him like it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, he's and he's really free in high stakes leagues. Quarterback 28, like Darnold and Carr and Big Ben and Jameis are going ahead of this guy and is a pick on average. 195. Now he has a min of 100, which is higher than some of the guys that are going ahead of him. Because I think that's to your point, why wouldn't I take him near the end of drafts? And if he is starting with the Texans or wherever else, if when he's on the football field, he's a top five quarterback. I don't think there's any debate in that. He has upside to be QB one. We've seen it week in and week out that he could be a top quarterback for you in fantasy. He can run around. It's really good. Uh, I think he does play this year. I think he plays on a different team. I think he, I think what will happen, the asking price is super high right now. And there's a lot of uncertainty that you talked about that where, when this uncertainty maybe gets a little bit clearer, whether he is suspended for a couple games or whatnot, or maybe an injury happens to somebody that maybe a team gets a little bit more aggressive. Now he's been linked to the Eagles. There's a lot of links there and the Eagles have a bunch of first picks, first round picks where they could maybe make that happen and they could flip Hertz. But the asking price of what five, picks and two solid NFL players is just a little high for this uncertainty with Watson. But yeah, I mean, free, I would take shots on them in single quarterback leagues. I would take them as my third quarterback in a super flex league. Why not? Why wouldn't you? And if he doesn't play any suspended, you cut him and you pick up the next best thing on the waiver wire and you know, what's going to happen. There's going to be hot players off the waiver wire in the first couple weeks of the season. So I, he's totally worth the risk. I think it's more damaging in a two quarterback or super flex league to take him late. 
What if he was your third, though? What Even if third? he was my third, because I need, I do feel I like I need, need that another protection. Because, yeah. like, at least sure. with Fields and Lance, there's the expectation that they are going to play this year. I do envision a world where Watson doesn't play. That's why in a one quarterback league, you know, I'm not really sweating it if he doesn't play. It's like it's it's not that big of a deal. And sure. I and there's always available quarterbacks I can run through if something happened to my main quarterback. Where in that type of league. Like, even the best backups are taken in two quarterback leagues in Superflex. That would give me a little bit of pause. I'm not saying I wouldn't take him. I think he's far riskier in a league like that than a one quarterback league, though. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And I think you're dead on about Teddy Bridgewater, too. I've been in this situation in a, in a super flex where I'm looking at my fourth quarterback and they're both just sitting there. And I would rather have Teddy Bridgewater knowing still that they had said that it's going to be Drew Locke as the starting quarterback. But we just we know that Drew Locke is just not the answer. They they had so they brought in so many weapons inside this offense over the past couple of years. And Jerry Judy is so good at separation. There were so many balls that were tossed way over his head and nowhere close. So it's only a matter of time a couple more games here heck maybe before week one they actually realize that hey we're just not going to win any football games with him throwing interceptions nonstop. there were games last year where they were in games pat and then those lock would just chuck it up into triple coverage to tim patrick with jerry judy wide open here on the left side of the football field so teddy bridgewater is a more capable quarterback he's a smart smarter quarterback and he has proved that he could be okay as a fantasy quarterback at times last year with the Panthers and in a small sample size with the Saints so if you had that decision you're deciding between two and you may you know you look in whatever draft your whatever league it is you're drafting you see the little no oh Drew Locke number one week one starter don't fall for it just take Teddy that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience 2021 quarterback rankings. You can find the whole list in the description, along with the overall top 150 list and show running back ranking show. This is part two of the ranking series. Wide receivers will be next, then we'll be doing tight ends. So stay tuned on Mayo Media Network for that. You might as well subscribe right now. I told you about that giveaway. Do it. Then run the sims.com, all the tools, all the stats that you need to do your own, do your own research out there on the internet. But do it at run the sims.com. Meanie. Where's the content and where's the show, most importantly? Yes, uh, FTN, Mean Streets, free show uh, every day, uh, Monday to Friday every day. It is on Game Plus Network. Looking forward to having you on, my friend. Uh, but yeah, we stream it from Twitter accounts and it's up on our FTN YouTube page. And yeah, we're just doing a lot of things. If people are, you know, this is a football show, but if people are looking for, um, you know, if you're in a fantasy baseball league and you're looking for pickups or playoff schedules towards the end, uh, a free show as well, FTN Fabcast, myself and Matthew Davis. But yeah, lots of uh, FTN coverage, uh, over at ftmfantasy.com and ftmbets.com as well. We have a lot of free articles. I know we have some stuff behind the paywall, like some tools and some stats, but use that promo code MEANY. Save yourself a bit of a discount, but we do have a lot of, if you're looking for bets, and man, there's just so many right now and just like season props and future props. And there's a lot of guys like, I mean, Devonta Smith, for example, has a prop of like 700 yards at, a, at one book and other books have them at like 950. So we're doing a good job at FTN at just trying to find um, value where we can. So yeah. Check so, out yeah. They get behind that paywall. I can vouch for it. I'm a behind the paywall member at FTN on all three other sites. Code Meanie to get yourself that discount as well. And I told you about prize picks. They have a couple cool season long fantasy props up there right now. You can hit the link nice. in the description to go check that out and use code MMN to get a deposit bonus. So if you deposit $100, you'll just get another free $100 to go along with it. So play as many season long fantasy props as you want. Then we're going to be in season. It'll be great. Anyway, thank you all for watching. Remember to smash the like on the way out. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.